to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Okay, here's what I want to do. I want to start off this episode by bringing up something that's making the rounds all over the internet. And I got to tell you, it really grinds my gears. And I'm certainly going to talk about this particular subject first. And then I'm going to hit on a bunch of other things. And, and one of the other things that I want to hit on later in the episode, actually as soon as I'm done ranting about this very quickly, has to do with, uh, frankly, a great deal of updates that I have regarding some past stories that I brought up uh, in previous episodes very recently. So I'll certainly get into that, and then I have some new information to bring as well that's been sent my way. Uh, And it's certainly thought-provoking and, again, remarkably dangerous, and uh, continues to show the ineptitude that exists within American education and its impending collapse. But this first story that I want to rant about is this. This this information that's making the rounds now regarding the sexual degeneracy and and everything within American education, in particular the curriculum that that exists across America, and all of the, again, quote-unquote sex education or whatever angle you want to take on any of this, this is not new. Okay, this is, this is not a new thing. With that said, I fully understand that everybody sits on a different wavelength on the spectrum of awakening. I fully get that. I fully understand that there are people who are dead asleep and some of these stories have to be brought up for them. While it might not be for everyone, but It's the Chris Rufos, for example, that stand on these podiums with their nose high in the air and make it sound as if this information that they're bringing to bear is somehow brand new. And if we didn't have Chris Rufo, oh God, where would we all be? You've heard me say I'm not a fan of his. I'm really not. This guy's never been an educator. I'm not saying you have to be, but there's there's a, a thing that occurs where individuals are not in a particular profession and then they divulge information to the public as if it's somehow a new thing or brand new or it's never been heard of before. And again, this information that he particularly has brought to the forefront is again not new. It's just more sexual degeneracy. Well, congratulations. Again, this kind of information is for someone. It's for someone that does not know that this kind of thing has been introduced and taught in American schools all across the United States and the world since Weimar Germany back in uh, the 1920s. This is not a new thing. It's new for the people that don't understand history. It's new for the people that, that, that don't understand European history. It's new for the people that can't make the connections between Operation Paperclip and Marxism into American society. And a lot of people, too, you know, again, I know I'm ranting here, and I'm just going to keep going, so my apologies. But people get Operation Paperclip wrong so frequently, it drives me nuts. It drives me nuts. They take all of these quote-unquote German scientists that they call Nazis, and they say, 
that uh, that these were all associates of Adolf Hitler, and Adolf Hitler liked all of these people, and and uh, and and we we gave them a pass to come over here and learn about science and blah blah blah, and then teach us what they knew about science and space exploration, quote unquote, and this, that, and the other. These were not individuals that associated with Adolf Hitler. Please keep in mind that these people, the Operation Paperclip kinds of people, were the people who tried to assassinate Adolf Hitler. What was the number? At least 13 or 17 times, somewhere in there. They even made a movie about it, trying to glorify these individuals who were trying to assassinate Adolf Hitler, who, by the way, who, who was played in that movie, Valkyrie? Tom Cruise. See, if we're getting our history from Hollywood movies, we're getting it from the wrong place, and it alters everyone's perspective of what goes on. So getting back to this education thing, again, this isn't new. They just use new words to suck people in, so to speak, and then bring a new level of degeneracy to the same old thing that's been happening all the way again since Weimar Germany. Before the time of Adolf Hitler, again, this is Frankfurt School stuff, this is Marxism, this is the point. And frankly, it's Jewish. This is, this is a Kazarian Mafia attack of degeneracy on American children to pervert them, to distract them, and this is where the money is coming from that funds these kinds of things. This is not an accident. This is why it makes me mad, too, is because just because I said that, that it happens to be Jewish, does not mean that every person who is of Jewish lineage agrees with this. That's impossible. As you've heard me say in the past and previous episodes, this is why racism is impossible. There's no such thing. Because that would imply that an individual has met, gotten to know, Every single person of an individual race. That's impossible. That can't happen. Therefore, racism doesn't exist. Anti Semitism doesn't exist. I know individuals who are Jewish, of Jewish lineage. They are not practicing Jews as, uh, as, as a religion of any kind. Um, in fact, many of them don't even know that they are of Jewish lineage. Their last name is clearly Jewish, but they have no idea. These are nice people. I've met these individuals. They're great. They wear crosses around their neck. They read the Bible. This has nothing to do with painting a broad brush. This has to do with the individuals who control the money and run these organizations and run these education organizations. The National Education Association is funded by whom exactly? These are the questions that people need to arrive at, because all of this stuff about, you know, all the all, all this surface level stuff about sexual this and sexual that, and oh, they're teaching them about this particular sexual act or that particular sexual act. Yes, they've been doing that a long time. As you heard me say a long time ago, and I'm even going to reference this one. You can even go back and, and hear me say it if you want. It's on BitChute. The whole video is on BitChute. On, um, and it's probably on uh, 
YouTube, if I'm not mistaken. But the last time that I was on the Quite Frankly podcast and his and, and Frank's show was in March. Go back and, and listen to that episode because the vast majority of the episode has to do with the bond issue and going after the, the insurance bonds of, of elected officials in XYZ. And I bring up a few other things. And toward the end, I make mention that the curriculum stuff and the, the curriculum degeneracy in XYZ isn't going to go away, that it's going to ramp up. The reason that this is ramping up and that more people are talking about this, because it's not new, but the reason that people are talking about it is, again, because the likes of Chris Rufo bring it up as if it's new, and it's a massive distraction. But again, it serves a purpose, because I see every angle of this, at least I try to, but I, I, I'm a rational human being. If, if this is what it takes to get people to homeschool and leave these organizations and leave these schools, then great. Then do it. But the National Education Association has always been corrupt. The moment it was created and funded, it was corrupt. All you have to do if you're into symbolism, as I am, and numerology, which is something I pay attention to also, don't claim to be an expert, but these are things that once you see them, you don't unsee them. Look at the National Education Association's logo. It's a lowercase n, an e, and an a. Inside of the letter e, at the top of the encircled letter e, is a pi symbol, which is actually Hebrew lettering. And I'm basing this off of recollection here, but I'm not entirely sure what it translates to. I've looked it up. Again, I'm not an expert on it, but it's not. It's, my point is, is it's not what people think. And I know that there are people, again, who, who know way more about it than I do. And God bless them. And again, if you know the actual origin of the lettering and what it all means, please email me. Send it my way. But the very image itself appears to look like, again, the Hebrew pi symbol with what appears to be either a directional, uh, you know, the directional arrow like a cursor on a computer screen from a mouse or a paper airplane. And it looks like it's going through again the pi symbol. Now, the pi symbol again is two vertical lines connected by a horizontal line. Again, if you think I'm crazy, that's fine. It looks like a paper airplane going through two towers. You get what I'm saying? You have to understand that these individuals throw their imagery in front of us on purpose for decades in advance of particular things to sell these kinds of things or to mock individuals who aren't paying attention. Again, the National Education Association is degenerate by its design, by its funding, because of the perverse nature and satanic nature of the individuals who fund it. That's the point. So why are we shocked that such an organization would be pushing gay, bisexual, transgender, cutting your genitals off, you know, et cetera, et cetera? Why would anybody be shocked by this? If you examine where the money comes from, the origins of these companies, 
and these organizations, which have been filtering and laundering money since, since their inception, then you'll know who your enemy is. So that's, that's kind of my point, and that's my rant here is that, you know, Matt Walsh, for example, and Chris Rufo, two guys who have never been school teachers in their lives, uh, comment on things that are remarkably obvious to those of us who have been school teachers and then left the profession, such as myself, and then reintroduced ourselves to the origins of everything that is the profession. They're, they're covering surface-level things. They're not going to cover what I just talked about. Now, why would they not do that? Why would they, why would those two individuals not cover and go as deep? Even, you know, again, I, I didn't go as far deep as I could, but I've gone deep enough in, in my explanation and rant right there. Why won't they make that move? Why won't they investigate the origins of the National Education Association and where their money comes from and why they're pushing this from a borderline religious standpoint, which is clearly satanic. Because I didn't read anywhere in the Bible, having read a great deal of it and certainly listening, having listened to the whole thing, I didn't read anywhere where, where this kind of behavior is acceptable. Which means if it's not acceptable in the Bible, then what, what is it? Where does it come from? You see my point? If, those, if, if the likes of Matt Walsh and Chris Rufo brought up, again, just surface level what I just brought up, they'd have their money pulled in an instant. Just like that. It'd be gone. So who funds those guys? Now, I'm glad that, again, it's being brought up good for them. But <laughs> it's, just, it's just sad that there are individuals that don't know that this is going on and has been going on, again, since, good Lord, uh, long before the 1900s. The beginning of time. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. The, the beginning of time. But they hide themselves in these associations and these organizations, and then they pass off their degeneracy as being valuable curriculum. And, it's, and it just isn't. So I would simply say to the American populace, wake up. Don't wait around for the Chris Rufos of the world, who again seem to be shocked about poverty in major cities on the West Coast and decided to make a documentary of it. And oh gosh, poverty. I mean, I had no idea poverty existed. See, that's what Chris Rufo would lead people to believe. I heard him the other day. He was on with uh, Viva Fry and Robert Barnes, just, you know, ver very briefly. And Viva asked him, you know, where did you get your start and whatever else? And he was like, well, I made a documentary a while back and he considers himself a journalist and this, that, and the other. And he made a documentary about poverty and, and learned more than he ever thought he'd learn about, about poverty in America and whatever else. Do you not know poverty exists? Do you not know that politicians allow for poverty to exist? Did he have to make a documentary about poverty to actually figure out that poverty is a bad thing and that it's a giant intentional 
that making people poor and destitute is exactly what government seeks to do. In particular, these nefarious governments seek to do. Again, go back in time and learn about real European history. What was going on in Europe in the 1920s? It was awful. It's what we're experiencing now. And then Adolf Hitler took over, and then all hell broke loose. No, that's not true. That's not true. That's why I find, frankly, the, it's an absolute paradox as to why the left, who we know is degenerate and lies through their teeth and is remarkably criminal, and the right is also, why someone like Donald Trump would show up on the scene, who's not a politician, who's worked with a number of different individuals. I'm not saying the guy's 100% clean. I'm, I'm just simply saying, isn't it ironic all of the Adolf Hitler comparisons that they make to Donald Trump? Has no one actually thought for a moment that maybe with all of those references that we've heard our whole lives, that maybe they should go back and learn about real European history? and what was really going on. The people of Germany and the people of Europe loved Adolf Hitler. They did, because he was liberating their countries of their corrupt politicians and allowing the people of those countries to regain what made their countries their countries. You see, America is remarkably unique. Always has been. And again, what, what, what a past America has had. But one of the things that existed back in Europe, which again, they don't teach you, because we've all grown up with, you know, Hitler this and Hitler that, and everybody's Hitler, 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 Hitler. It's disgusting, I think. It's just ignorant and disgusting. Uh, one of the things that is very interesting about European history, if a person again reads about it, is that Adolf Hitler was Austrian, and growing up, he wanted Austria to be Austria. He wanted Germany to be Germany. He wanted Denmark to be Denmark, and Switzerland to be Switzerland, and France to be France, and Italy to be Italy. What a concept. What a concept that every country has its own cultures. I mean, how radical an idea that is. The problem is that that's not what you're told in history books and in, and in school. And again, it's as if individuals lack the ability to look up information accurately and stop being spoon-fed information. Because again, you've heard me say this, the individuals that read on their own, that go against the grain, as, as they say, okay, quote-unquote, go against the grain, or march to the beat of their own drum, or whatever, whatever outcasting, uh, isolating phrase they want to use for people who actually think for themselves. That's what the entire education apparatus is designed to do by design, from the Frankfurt School ideology 
all the way through every institution in the United States and throughout Europe. This was what the book burning was about. It was designed to get rid of the books that are pushing these kinds of sexual perversions and hatred of one's own country and culture out of the libraries and the education system. That's what it was about. But again, they don't, they don't teach this. They don't teach these things. And you hear this phrase constantly, if we don't learn from history, we are doomed to repeat it. Yes. The answer is yes. But the answer isn't we. The answer is I. If I don't learn from real history, I am doomed to actually believe what I'm told. That's the real problem. And that continues to be the real problem. So, uh, it's, uh, you know, I'm rubbing my eyes here. It's just, it's sad. I just think the whole thing is sad. I'm, 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 I'm very sad that individuals believe that this is new stuff, this sexual degeneracy stuff, like, oh, look, here's a new sexual degenerate word or sexual thing that takes place, and I can't believe this is happening in school. Wake up. Wake up. Stop, stop drinking out of the water bowl that is Matt Walsh and Chris Rufo, because it's not new. Like I said, it's new for someone who's dead asleep and has been dead asleep for a long time. It's not new. It's just recycled stuff that they just recycle and then claim again as they're standing on their own podiums. Well, I did an investigation and wouldn't you know it, because I'm an investigative journalist and blah, blah, blah. I would never call myself that. And I've been in the field of education my whole life. I would never call myself an education investigative journalist. That's absurd. I'm not. You know what I am? Literate. That's it. I'm literate. And I think for myself, and I encourage people to do the exact same. Now, let me give you a, a very, I'm going to shift gears here, although unfortunately it's in the exact same wavelength. But let me provide an update. It ties right in. Uh, you'll recall Kim Carter, nurse who has been on the show twice, and she went after her local school district, which is the same school district, again, where, where I live, regarding her children who have been court-ordered, apparently, to reattend this school system when she was homeschooling them because her ex-husband wants them to be in this school system. This school system is degenerate. In a previous episode, I read you the wa uh, waiver form, so to speak, the opt-out form that she had provided her children's counselor regarding all of this sexual degeneracy stuff and that she wants her children out of the classrooms that introduce this kind of thing or bring it up, that she wants her children pulled out of those rooms on those days when this endless list of, of nonsense gets taught, because it's worked its way into endless subjects. And you've heard me say this again a very long time ago when I covered the subject of cross-curriculum. 
This is what cross-curriculum was designed to do. It was designed to take endless subjects and work them into other subjects and quite literally be a cross-curriculum. So if you're in math class, you get to learn about science and health. If you're in language arts class, you learn about history and anatomy. I mean, it's absurd, but that's, again, the liquefying of individual subjects, much like, I might add, what you saw in Europe. <laughs> I'm back to the Europe then. What you saw in Europe in the 1920s and before that, with the lick in the 1930s, with the liquefying, before Adolf Hitler, I'm saying, with the liquefying of individual cultures and individual country identities. That liquefying is done on purpose. Look at England. It's not very English, is it? It's as English as a, the, the country of England now is as English as a box of chopsticks. There's nothing English about it. Pick a country. It doesn't matter. Ireland doesn't seem very Irish to me anymore. And I've never been there. I don't have to. I don't have to go because I know what those trips are like. They show you some of the Irish sites and then that's it. And then, and then you leave. It's no different with the subjects in school. It's absolutely no different. Science class isn't science class anymore. It never really has been. Of course, it's always been fake curriculum and, and things that aren't true, like virology and so on and so forth, not to mention mis misteaching what the immune system is. And so, you know, I mean, you've heard me bring that up before, but that's, that's the perversion of each one of these individual subjects now. So back to Kim Carter, she, she sent this form to her counselor, had her counselor sign off on it. And Kim sent me back the response that she received from the school principal. Uh, it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. And she said she's taking his response. His name is Scott Davey, so he's a piece of shit. But she's taking his response in writing, signed by him, to her lawyer, and other individuals to basically show that this is the response that she received. And it says the following, quote, Dear Miss Carter, I'm writing to respond to the information you recently provided. Regard your request to have your student opt out of specific instruction material. Regarding, there's already a typo in the first sentence, for God's sakes, and he's a principal of a high school. Jesus. I mean, okay. It says, quote, under Ohio law, each school district has discretion over what curricula it ultimately adopts. CRC 3313.60. However, school districts must adopt a course of study that includes certain designated subjects, i.e., language arts, geography, history, math, science, etc. CRC 3313.60A. Then he wrote, Parents' guardians do not have a right to make a blanket opt out of our district's curriculum. However, the law does provide parents' guardians the right to opt out of a limited number of identified subjects, which include venereal disease, personal safety assault prevention, grade 6K, 
K through 6 rather, and cardiopulmonary resuscitation, CPR, grades 9 through 12. Also note, a student may be excused from CPR instruction if the child is a child with a disability and is incapable of performing the psychomotor skills required to perform CPR and using any automated external defibrillator as indicated in the student's IEP. Your request does not fall within any of the permitted categories. If you have any other questions or concerns, please feel free to contact me directly. Sincerely, Scott Davey, Principal. Unquote. He's making an open admission as a school principal that every single degenerate bullet point that was in the original opt-out form, which is created by a lawyer group in the state of Ohio, isn't valid within their school. And he's admitting, like I said, that all of that exists within endless subjects all subjects, and that if a teacher wants to bring it up and haphazardly tie in sexual degeneracy or anything, again, that was on that original opt-out form into any subject matter whatsoever, that they have the right to do so. It's an open admission that they are degenerate by nature and that their foundation is degenerate because that's the history of American government-run education. The Prussian education system is degenerate because it's designed to be. And it's failing, which means it's also designed to fail. Because as it's been brought up historically, every totalitarian has failed. They kill and destroy the lives of endless people as they are rolling out their plans and trying to normalize their plans. But they always end up failing, and it's the failure of they themselves and the blind ambition that they have, so to speak, which is clearly driven by Satan and money and greed and pride and envy and whatever else, that they don't care how many people that they hurt on their way to ultimately failing because they will not succeed. They just won't succeed. Their plans won't succeed. They never do. It's never implemented fully across the board. Having said that, I do want to bring this up too. Again, we're on the same road here, so just stay with me for a second before I move on to other subjects. This is one of those things that's consistently being brought up now where a lot of people are beating the false flag drum, the nuclear war drum, to try to scare people up and, you know, a variety of other things. Denver, the, you know, Denver, Colorado bringing up uh, the business of giving their citizens free go bags and this being National Preparedness Month and a thousand other things. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give you my two cents on on all of this false flag nuclear war stuff. Okay, I don't I don't think this is gonna happen in the slightest. I'm not saying that the bad guys don't have plans. I'm not saying they don't have things that they want to do. They're still rolling out with the digital currency thing. They're still rolling out with the famine and the starvation and the high cost of of living 
Here in Ohio, they just destroyed uh, an oil refinery. Funny how they're not catching these people. Isn't that interesting? All, all, these, uh, all these factories and farms and oil refineries across the United States, and they haven't caught a single person, not one, haven't arrested or tried a single person for setting them on fire, destroying them. Weird, isn't it? Weird. So this is, this is a very real thing. That, that stuff is a very real thing. Squeezing money and, and not allowing people to get to money, that's already happening in foreign countries. That's why you see people like in Lebanon, for example, breaking into their own banks to get their own money out of the banks because the banks not, aren't giving them their own money. So the bad guys have plans is my point. You've heard me say this, and I'll just conclude this particular rant with this. Why would you consistently send your children to the enemy that is a American K-12 school during a time of war, when we're fighting the enemy? This is the, this is the real struggle here, and it should show you, in particular in the case of Kim Carter, that it's been court-ordered that she has to, as a mother, with two children who are literate, that they have to send their children to American K-12 school. That should tell you how corrupt the judicial system is and how it doesn't even exist. So I know that, again, in child custody battles, there's a lot of uh, a lot of arguments where the mother is always right and it's the father that doesn't have any of the, any of the rights. In this case, the mother is more knowledgeable than the father about what's going on in American K-12 schools. And the mother brings this up to her lawyer and in court, but that doesn't matter. So how deep does the sexual degeneracy go? It runs right through the judicial system. And who pays these people? What emails are they reading that say, force these children into these school systems? Even if they're old enough to read and they don't have any physical or mental handicaps of any kind, you still have to force them into the American K-12 school system. What, again, where did that email come from? What, what judges receive those emails? How many judges are there that exist in the United States? And how often is that such a decision being made on a constant basis? We're purposefully being led into the meat grinder that is the enemy. Which means, again, if you're, if you're a parent and you're sending your children to these environments, you have to do some serious deprogramming of your, of your children. You have to. But that takes a parent like Kim Carter to know who the enemy is. And she knows who the enemy is. She's fought them face-to-face, toe-to-toe for a very long time. Lots of parents have. She's not the only one. But again, if the work of Chris Rufo and Matt Walsh is new to you, you've been asleep. So my suggestion, again, is wake up. Don't let them spoon-feed you this information and figure it out for yourself, and then act accordingly. Move accordingly as an individual and save your children from these environments. So there you go. That's my rant on that. Okay. A couple other things here. Well, more than a couple of things. 
Another update for everybody. The Westerville City School District. I brought this up in a previous episode, I think last week. Um, they, If you recall, they had a kaleidoscope presentation, which is the name of the degenerate group, LGBTXYZ Who Cares group. And they showed up in a school board meeting and gave, again, their sexual degenerate presentation on how they want to teach teachers about all of this sexual degeneracy crap. Same thing with children. During that board meeting, where that was the sole purpose of the board, of the board meeting, which meant it was, well, it was a, special, a special board meeting, that would imply that the board was either paid to allow for the presentation to take place or the board certainly approved for that presentation to take place. You could see the faces and the looks on the people who were sitting on the board. Most of them, again, are a little bit older. A lot of them are hard left wing. Certainly one of them in particular who coughs on a regular basis, I might add. So she's triple jabbed and she was a hard mask wearer when the masks were a thing. So she has AIDS. But anyway, uh, that presentation took place and the looks on their faces were a look of, of awkwardness so to speak. I mean, they were, they were even taken back by the suggestions that this kaleidoscope group was suggesting, and um, including the punishment of teachers and students who don't go along with what they say and what they do, and then encouraging the school district to punish teachers for not going along with this and, and so on and so forth. Allegedly, as it turns out, an email went out to parents in the district saying that the school district has decided to not adopt the kaleidoscope sexual degeneracy stuff. And that allegedly it was going to be rolled out at the high school. But as we know, uh, so first of all, I'll end by saying this, that's a good thing if that really happened. I've heard that that was the case and that it, that, that has actually happened. So if that has actually happened, great. The school board itself didn't make mention of it in, in their follow-up school board meeting. There was no mention of it whatsoever, which is odd. It's almost like you'd think that they would want everybody to know that publicly, but they probably don't because they want to keep it on the down low. See, school boards don't necessarily want to make their decisions public for the masses because it would imply that they were at least allowing for the presentation to take place in the first place, which they were allowing. So, in sort of a hidden cover-up, they just basically toss it under the rug and go, well, we're just going to email everybody and just tell them that we didn't accept it. I'd be very leery of this. This is suspicious to me. Because, again, very simple question. Do you trust American K-12 school boards? I don't. I don't trust them at all. Fun fact, I went back and watched a piece of a old school board in the old school district where I used to teach. And one of their school board members is a teacher who I used to teach with in the same building. She was an idiot. She wasn't a very bright person. Very, uh, what was the phrase that they used for her? Harmless, I think was the phrase. That she's harmless. Which meant, and it's not a compliment, it meant that you went along with the administration no matter what. Harmless. 
and now she sits on the school board. So what does that mean? It means she's harmless. It means no matter which way, which way the sail blows, that's the direction she's going to go. Not to mention you're an ex-school teacher and then be, you become a school board member. I mean, Jesus. Find something else to do. But there's that. Okay, so that was a quick update. Here's another update. And again, this is, this is in the category of what I would call, this is really sad too, but it's in the category of what I would call too little too late. Old Dr. Malone is at it again, and so is uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. Let's see, Robert Malone wrote in his most recent substack the following. Baton, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, quote, This year, parents and guardians stood together in opposition to the COVID-19 shot being required for their children to attend school. As a result of their coming together, the Louisiana Department of Health, LDH, decided to rescind the mandate for Louisiana students. As of yesterday, it has officially been repealed. Well, good. I just say, too little too late. Because the Louisiana Department of Health pushed this for endless people to take in order to attend college and university. And now they're all double and triple jabbed, if not more, which means what's going to happen to all of those people. When I hear the word Department of Health, I hear murder organization. You know, these are, uh, bless their hearts, okay? Start by saying that. Bless their hearts. But these are the, the, these are the kinds of people, the Robert Malones of the world, that, that, that cannot connect the dots. You have endless individuals now who cannot reproduce. We're talking about multi-generational depopulation and inability to reproduce as a result of taking these shots. An inability can't happen. And if someone does give birth, the likelihood of, of their child having serious health problems is remarkably high. Not to mention, what are the odds of them actually reaching their teenage years or the years later on where they'll actually be, re, be able to reproduce successfully themselves? I'm not optimistic about this kind of stuff. I'm just not. I, I don't think, because I, I know the larger picture here. I know the, the bigger scheme at play. But these individuals, again, that are standing next to each other and taking pictures of each other with big smiles on their faces and thumbs up, and we did it. What did you do exactly? What exactly did you stop? You stopped a corrupt organization from continuing their corrupt action, but they're not going to have anybody to implement their corrupt action on in the future anyway. Again, the destruction of American education is at hand here. It's at hand. This ball is down the hill. There's no catching it. It's like that, whatever, I don't know if it's in Sweden or, or what country. It could be the UK. I'm not, not, not entirely sure. But it's, it's that hilarious contest that you see where they throw the giant cheese wheel down the, uh, down the hill and everybody's running after it. The cheese wheel is faster than the people. It's, you know, it's basic physics. Catching the cheese wheel before it hits the, you know, hits the bottom of the hill is next to impossible. 
I'm sure someone has done it, but, you know, not likely. It's just who runs for it at the end once the cheese wheel has stopped at the end of the hill and everybody's legs are broken from running down the hill or they aren't concussed to death. I mean, that's that's the American K-12 education and university system in a nutshell. That's it. So let me provide you yet another example of this collapse and this impending collapse. This was sent to me by our Louisiana educator who's been a guest on the show. And this is alarming. This is a big deal, too. Uh, this comes from The Hill, but ultimately it comes from klfy.com also. And uh, it is titled, Scientists Find High Levels of Foreign Chemicals in School Uniforms. It says the following, quote, Millions of students in U.S. and Canada are being exposed to toxic, quote-unquote, forever chemicals. Through the uniforms they wear every day, a new study finds. The exposure to these compounds, also called PER, PER, and polyfluoroalkyl substances, or PFAS, no way I got that right, lies in the stain-resistant technology often marketed as an advantage in the fabrics. The scientists behind Wednesday's study published in Environmental Science and Technology said that they detected PFAS in uniforms from all the popular brands that they tested. Quote, PFAS don't belong in any clothing, but their use in school uniforms is particularly concerning, unquote, senior author Marta Venier, however you say it, a professor of environmental chemistry at Indiana University said in a statement, quote, school uniforms are worn directly on the skin for up to eight hours per day by children who are particularly vulnerable to harm, she added. Known for their ability to persist in the human body and the environment, PFAS are notorious for their presence in firefighting foams and industrial discharge. These cancer-linked compounds are also key ingredients in many household items such as non-stick pans, cosmetics, and waterproof hiking clothes. But most school uniforms tested in Wednesday's study contained PFAS concentrations as high as those in outdoor apparel, the researchers found. In total, the scientists said they analyzed 72 children's textiles marketed as stain-resistant in the United States and Canada in 2020 and 2021. While they predominantly focused on uniforms, they also sampled other fabrics that come into contact with children such as snowsuits, bibs, sweatshirts, and stroller covers. PFAS are often added to textiles due to their ability to prevent stains making them particularly useful for school uniforms, according to the study. It says the scientists first screened for total fluorine, which is an initial in indicator of the possible presence of PFAS. They then performed targeted analysis of 49 types of PFAS, on which there are thousands. The researchers detected PFAS in all products from both the United States and Canadian markets, determining that the most common offender was a fluoro 
telomer alcohol, known as FTOH. Total PFAS levels of school uniforms were significantly higher than those of bibs, hats, stroller covers, and swimsuits, but comparable to those found in outdoor apparel, the authors determined. Uniforms made of 100% cotton tended to have higher concentrations of PFAS and those of, than those of synthetic blends, according to the study. Cotton, which naturally attracts water, likely needs additional PFAS treatment to treat a desired stain-resistant state, the authors explained. Quote, what was surprising about this group of samples was the high detection frequency of PFAS in the garments required for children to wear. Study co-author Graham, God, these last names. Can we get a Smith? Can we get a Smith? P-E-A-S-L-E-E. Peasley, is that it? A professor of physics at Notre Dame said in a statement, quote, Children are a vulnerable population when it comes to chemicals of concern, and nobody knows these textiles are being treated with PFAS and other toxic chemicals, Peasley added. Uh, it continues, quote, About a quarter of U.S. and Canadian school children, school-aged children, were wearing uniforms as of 2018, the authors noted, citing data from Statista. The same year, about one-fifth of U.S. public schools required students to wear uniforms, the researchers added, referring to a report from the National Center for Education Statistics. This article continues. I'm going to finish it. It says PFAS is treated, in treated uniforms rather, could end up in children's bodies through skin absorption, as well as from eating with unwashed hands and hand-to-mouth behaviors often exhibited by younger children, the scientists warned. The main type of PFAS found in the uniforms, FTOH, also poses an inhalation risk, according to the study. PFAS-treated uniforms remain a source of potential contamination in the environment where they are worn, laundered, discarded, or recycled the authors explained. Part of the problem, according to Peasley, is that, quote, there is no consumer option to purchase clothing that can be washed instead of clothing that comes coated with chemicals to reduce stains, unquote. Peasley's, Peasley, whose novel method for detecting fluorine was integral to the study called for increasing textile labeling so the consumers can make the informed decision to pick garments that were not treated with chemicals for their children, unquote. That, of course, Peasley, would require that the parents in the schools themselves know that the chemical is toxic. And it's pretty evident that schools don't know anything about this. I mean, we can pretty much put our eggs in that basket, can't we? Unbelievable. It says both New York and California, actually it's very believable, my apologies. It says both New York and California have recently advanced bills that would phase out PFAS from textiles, including school uniforms, the authors noted. New York's, geez, S6291A and California's AB1817 have both passed through their state legislators and are awaiting signatures from their respective governors. 
quote, I don't know any parent who values stain repellency uh, over their children's health. Co-author Miriam Diamond, a professor of environmental chemistry at the University of Toronto, said in a statement. Co-author Arlene Bloom, executive director of Berkeley, California-based Green Science Policy Institute, echoed these sentiments, stressing that manufacturers should, quote, prevent harm by moving away from PFAS as soon as possible, quote, to protect our children and future generations. Ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> this last quote is, is incredible, and the irony is thick and palpable. It says, quote, to protect our children and future generations, the whole class of PFAS should be eliminated from school uniforms and all other products where they are not essential, Bloom added, unquote. What about the death shots? What about those? The irony here is thick. It's beyond thick. They've got students wearing school t-shirts, which is, again, what they're typically referring to as uniforms, but they could be, again, skirts or jackets or whatever. But, again, what a great deal of schools call uniforms are just multicolored shirts that they all wear on the same day. Because, again, it's that false belief that if everybody dresses the same, then they'll have better behavior. That's not true. But they're putting all of their effort into that now, to not having these potential cancer-causing t-shirts and uniforms and chemicals that are within those clothing to be on students, but they're telling them, inject yourself with these deadly poisons that will kill you, or else you cannot attend this school. Do you see the, the irony in all of this? You have to. Uh, I'll give you another example. You know, every now and again, when you're watching a YouTube video or an ad pops up, it's those anti-vape commercials. You know, don't, don't, uh, don't use vaping. It's metal in your lungs. You've all seen you've all seen those commercials. Why would you why would you <laughs> why would you uh inhale metal? It's in your you know that's in your lungs. Why would you do that? Well, why would you inject yourself that has metal in it? That doesn't cure anything and only kills you and makes you barren and sterile. Not to mention I saw this ad the other day equally as ironic. It was a vape commercial that had to do with athletes. If you're an athlete, don't vape because you're not just hurting yourself, you see. You're hurting the whole team. What about the death shots? Not a peep. Not a peep. Now again, it's poisonous t-shirts and school uniforms. That are, hurt, that are hurting people with poisonous chemicals that allegedly cause cancer. I mean, for God's sakes. Yes, it's important. They should be done away with, without a doubt. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not downplaying the importance of this. It's a big flipping deal. How long has this been going on? Are there going to be consequences? No, of course not. 
But what about the death shots? Well, at least we got rid of those uniforms that are causing cancer. Now, please step over here and wear this mask and put these shots into your veins. Don't worry about what's in it. It's, it's for the betterment of yourself and humanity. And don't forget, children, vaping hurts yourself and your team and can bring health problems on the field of play, and please don't vape. Next level stupidity, ladies and gentlemen. It's just a whole nother level, and it's right in front of everyone's face. It's just terrible. But an exquisite story. Thank you for sending it. Super important, to say the least. And again, how long has that been going on? Long enough would be my guess. Which leads me to this, and I will conclude with this. This is an exquisite 50-page, I believe. Hang on, let me get the exact number right here. Uh, 66 pages, give or take. Article that has been compiled by Dr. Mark Bailey. Uh, or Sam Bailey, but it's on Dr. Sam Bailey's website, but the, uh, the author was Dr. Mark Bailey. Anyway, uh, there's one page of this I want to read, and there are numerous chapters which are very tight and concise and get right down to the crux of the matter when it comes to virology and the SARS-CoV-2 lie. So I just want to read part one here because this is busted up into three separate parts, but this is the first page of part one, and it's titled SARS-CoV-2 Not Found. It doesn't even exist. It says the following. Again, this is just, this is page number five of this document. What I'll do, too, is I will uh, link this in the description below. Remarkably valuable. It's an example of what I would call one of those articles that should be printed out and just handed to people. Hand it to your doctor. Hand it to somebody who's forcing these jabs or masks again. We can expect some of that to ramp up here in the coming months, I think, uh, if not weeks. So here we go. This is page five from this document. It says again, SARS-CoV-2 not found. And it starts with a quote here from Dr. Thomas Cowan and others. Perhaps the primary evidence that the pathogenic viral theory is problematic is that no published scientific paper has ever shown that particles fulfilling the definition of viruses have been directly isolated and purified from any tissue or body fluids of any sick human or animal. Using the commonly accepted definition of isolation, which is the separation of one thing from all other things, there is general agreement that this has never been done in the history of virology. Dr. Thomas Cowan and others from the Settling the Virus Debate Statement in 2022. The article continues and says the following, quote, As of 11 September 2022, the following extensive inquiries through Freedom of Information requests coordinated by Christine Massey not one of 209 main, mainly health or scientific institutions in over 35 countries have been able to provide direct evidence of the alleged SARS-CoV-2 virus. 
the institutions were asked to produce any documents demonstrating, quote, the purification of SARS-CoV-2 said to have caused disease in humans via maceration, if I'm saying that right, filtration, and use of an ultra-centrifuge, also referred to at times by some people as isolation, directly from a diseased human, unquote. On many occasions, Following an admission that no such evidence is held, institutions such as the New Zealand Ministry of Health then suggest that, quote, there are several examples of the virus being isolated and cultured in a laboratory setting, unquote. However, the examples referred to are universally tissue culture proxy experiments, in which the word isolation has become detached from its understood meaning and it has not been demonstrated that any particle, imaged or imagined, has the properties of a disease-causing virus. In any case, it is a distraction from the wider issue exposed by the FOIA requests, which is the particles claimed to be viruses can never be found in human subjects. Virology has made excuses for this missing evidence, but even allowing for its embarrassing deficiency. It is running out of places to hide, as its various methodologies are increasingly scrutinized by those outside the field. This essay outlines the, main as- the many aspects rather, of virology's anti-science that have been employed to maintain the illusion that pathogenic viruses exist. The situation has become increasingly dangerous, and since early 2020, the COVID-19 pandemic, quote-unquote, has been used as a Trojan horse to bring humanity to its knees, unquote. This is incredible. But we've known this, and I've brought this up on endless occasions before. Again, we know this. I just like how this is concise and in a downloadable article, again, of which I will link the website where you can download it in PDF uh, in the description below this episode. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a lot going on right now. A ton of different things going on. Again, we know that the landscape is vast. And a variety of subjects are are being brought to bear right now. And there's an awful lot of uh, stirred up panic, so to speak. I would encourage everybody to remain positive and yet prepare. That's That's not stirring the pot. That's not panicking. You should remain positive optimistic, and prepare. If some false flag comes down the pipeline here, you can guarantee that the media won't question it one bit. They will go along with it, and that will be the play that they make because they're a part of the exact same criminal enterprise. So, yeah, elections aren't that far away here. There's always been a lot of talk of more false flags before the election and a variety of other things. Again, it always brings me back to the original point of not serving your children up to the enemy that is American K-12 or university education because you know how those organizations are going to react to such a thing. Almost doesn't matter what the false flag is. If it's a false flag attack that's falsely mentioned as some whatever, I don't even want to say it, but just some ridiculous bombing or something like that. How are these universities going to actually behave? 
I mean, they themselves are their own small governments. Universities and colleges might not let students leave if they want to leave. So if you have children who are of college or university age, and they happen to be there, you know, having a go bag is a good idea. If they have an automobile there or a way to get out, that's probably a good idea too, because frankly, I mean, and I don't know about you, but the last place I would want to be if there was a real crisis or even a manufactured one, certainly a manufactured one, is on a university or K-12 campus of some kind. I mean, good Lord. <laughs> right? I mean, Christ, what a nightmare. What an absolute nightmare. Everybody get under your desks. Everybody get under your desks. And uh, we'll, well, now we need to go out into the hallway and line up next to each other with your asses in the air and your face in the ground because, uh, you know, this is the best protection. It's the old nuclear fallout panic attack things that they used to do back in the 50s with, uh, you know, nuclear bombs and whatever. It's, it's absurd. It's absolutely nuts. So certainly listen to lots of different takes. Take it all in as much as you can. But there's nothing wrong with preparing, but there's nothing wrong with being positive either. That has to happen. Have to keep a positive mindset during this ongoing war, because it's not over and the enemy has more plays. So always keep that in mind. With that said, ladies and gentlemen, have a great weekend, and I'll catch you on Monday. Take care. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.